Okay, well, good morning, everyone. Um, it's great to be here, isn't it? Together. Okay. We are continuing our sermon series in the book of Matthew. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn it to Matthew chapter 5. But don't worry, um, the words will be on the screen. This uh, account that Matthew is, is writing of the life of Jesus and all that happened in Jesus' ministry. And he is, um, he is exploring how Jesus comes onto the scene and his life um, through to his death and resurrection and ascension into heaven. And uh, we've called it Come the Revolution. Um, what kind of revolution? Well, it's a very different kind of revolution to the one we think of. I, I liked how Charlotte started this morning, how, how the God who does things differently. And, you know, he certainly is. And we're going to see that very much this morning. Um, and so we are in Matthew chapter 5 from verse 1. And we're just going to read a little bit first, and then we're going to get into it. I really believe God wants to speak to us this morning and encourage us through his word. Um, and I, I, I hope we're going to leave blessed and encouraged this morning. Okay, so Matthew chapter 5, 1 to 2. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them. We'll just stop there for a minute. We um, are entering into um, a part of Matthew's account, which is called the Sermon on the Mount. Why is it called the Sermon on the Mount? Yeah, we've just read that, haven't we? They're on a mountainside, and he is essentially giving a sermon. He sits down. That's what people would do in his culture. They would sit down to teach. We stand up, don't we? If someone's going to teach or speak, they sat down, and people would gather around them. So it's the Sermon on the Mount. He's speaking on this mountainside, this extended bit of teaching that we'll be looking in over the next few weeks at. And who is with him? Who's with Jesus at this point? It's disciples, someone said disciples. Did someone say something else? The crowds, yeah, it seems to be. We've got kind of these two audiences here. We've got the disciples, it says in verse 1, the disciples were with him. Um, and we've got also the crowds. We know the crowds are there because um, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, it says the crowds had listened and they were amazed by his teaching. He, he teaches with authority. What is this? It's not like any of the teachers that we've met and so this section that we're going to start this morning in is called, uh, often called the Beatitudes. Um, it's called the Beatitudes because apparently the Latin, any Latin speakers? No, it's coming back, isn't it, apparently? You know, they want to bring Latin back in schools, but anyway, who knows? Anyway, the Latin is apparently, the Latin for blessed is beatus or beatus or something like that. Um, and that's why these are called the Beatitudes. They're the blessings. And uh, if we're honest, I guess if we're honest, we all want to be blessed, don't we? I think we would all say that we want to be blessed in life, whether we uh, would call ourselves religious, whether we would call ourselves Christians, or, or maybe whether we would not. You know, if you look on social media and you, you type in the hashtag blessed, you will find all sorts of things, all sorts of pictures that people have put on. You will find, um, you will find mostly that it's, it's really about a moment in time, though. It's really about that, what is happening to them at that point. It might be a picture of people on holiday. It might be uh, a photo of their family. 
or a picture of their favorite dog who puts their pictures of their pets online, at least one, probably more, I'm sure. Uh, and may, may add the, the hashtag blessed, or it might be of a delicious meal. What meal would you put on with the hashtag blessed on social media? Would it be a lovely full English breakfast or uh, a lovely place, a plate of chicken and rice, of, of Persian rice, or a, a vegan, delicious vegan meal, maybe. Who knows what you might put on. Hashtag blessed. But it's often in the thinking, I'm blessed in this moment in time. Do you get it? That's, that's, that's how we think of blessed. We might think of blessing as we, we, we want the blessing of others. Actually, we want we, we want the blessing of others. We want people to acknowledge that our life means something, that our life is worth something, and we're looking to others for their blessing. And throughout the Bible, throughout the Bible, there's talk of blessing. We sung blessing this morning, didn't we? Bless the Lord. In that sense of, actually, when we speak about that, we, it's in the sense of praise and worshiping God and telling him how wonderful he is. But also, there's this sense of People wanting to know the blessing of God. The blessing of God was vital throughout the Bible. So we get um, Genesis 1, and men and uh, male and female created by God. And what does it say God did? It's not a trick question. <laughs> Linked to today. He blessed them. He blessed them. He blessed those he'd made. And then we get number 6. Where God says, this is how you are to bless the people. This is, this is how the, the priests were meant to bless the people. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face to you and give you peace. You may know that from the, the recent song that's been around quite a lot, The Blessing. Has anyone heard The Blessing in all sorts of different languages um, and types um, you, may have, um, you may have listened to it through the pandemic. It came to the front in the pandemic, didn't it? This sense of we're going through a difficult time and we need to know that God is for us, that God is with us in this difficult time. Psalm 1, does anyone know how the first psalm starts in the, the book of Psalms? Blessed, exactly, yeah. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. It's a blessing. And here, this morning, Jesus is pronouncing his blessing. So let's read on in our passage this morning. Matthew 5, chapter three, uh, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they'll inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they'll be filled Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Wonderful. So here we've got eight pronouncements from Jesus of blessing. Verse 11 is probably just a, um, a re, 
a, a repeat of verse 10, so it's 8. We're looking at 8 this morning. And some people have translated this as happy. They've translated blessed as happy. But I, I just think the way we talk about happy in our culture, the way we say you can be happy one day and then you can be happy not the next, you can be not happy the next day, you know, it depends how you're feeling on that day. I'm not sure it's the most helpful of translations. Um, you know, it depends what's happening at the time as to whether we feel happy. But Jesus is declaring not what they might feel like, but how God sees them and how God treats them and how God deals with them. And it's on that account that they're blessed. So we look, we're going to look at four things this morning, four things that we can learn from these beatitudes, these blessings. Firstly, they announce the kingdom of God. So who is listening to Jesus? We've already established that, haven't we? It's the disciples, it's the crowds. They are listening to Jesus. If we go back, okay, if you've still got your Bibles open with you maybe, if we go back into chapter 4, into just the little passage before chapter 5, what are the crowds like? What are they like? Great, okay, yeah, there's a great crowd. How else are they described? Yep, yep, that's where they're from. So they're from that place, yep. Families, yep. Yep, absolutely. Is there anything right with them, wrong with them? There's there's sickness. They're bringing their friends who are sick, who are ill, who are demon-possessed, who are suffering from severe pain, mine says. This is the crowd that is around Jesus at this time. So imagine them hearing those blessings. You can imagine them saying, "He's, he's talking about us. That's us. He's saying we're blessed. And you know, that's the first thing that the Beatitudes teach us. They teach us that this kingdom that Jesus is declaring to the world is available to all. It's available to all. The revolution has begun, Jesus is saying. And do you know what? It's begun in the poor, in the marginalized, in the the spiritually bankrupt. They're all welcomed in to my kingdom, Jesus says. This is what um, one um, author, Dallas Willard, calls show and tell. Do you know show and tell? Any teachers around do you do show and tell, don't you? Where you, the kids can bring in things and they can say, here is something I made at the weekend and I'll tell you I made it with my mummy and we did this on Saturday, whatever. And that's show and tell, isn't it? You show it and then you tell what you did. This is Jesus. Dallas Willard says this is Jesus doing show and tell. Jesus has been getting up to the crowd, hasn't he? He's been touching them. He's been healing them. He's been saying, the peace of God is with you. He's been getting involved with this crowd, blessing them. Literally blessing them. And then he'd go on, he'd be able to say, imagine Jesus be able to say, look, blessed are the poor in spirit. Look, there's Eli. Look, he's blessed. Blessed are those who mourn. Look, look, there's Sarah. She's blessed. Do you see how it's kind of show and tell? This is Jesus. It's wonderful. And this is what Dallas Willard goes on to say. No one is actually being told that they're better off for being poor, for mourning, or for being persecuted and so on. 
nor are the Beatitudes indications of who will be on top after the revolution. See, revolution. They're explanations and illustrations, show and tell, drawn from the immediate setting of the present availability of the kingdom through personal relationship with Jesus. You can see what he's saying? It's like he's explaining, he's using them as illustrations that you can encounter the kingdom of God right now. It's available right now through me, Jesus is saying. Basically saying, look, whatever your circumstances are, you can encounter me. That is the ultimate blessing. See, see, we might make up loads of reasons why God would not accept us. Why we could not come to God. You may have even had them this morning before you set off. The truth is this, there is nothing. God's arms are open wide to you and I this morning. His arms of blessing. You know, you might have thought, do you know, but that thing I did this week, that thing that was done to me this week, do you know what? That sickness that I'm going through right now, surely that means the kingdom of God, surely that means approaching Jesus is not for me. No, no, his arms of blessing are open wide to you and I this morning. It's wonderful grace. Secondly, the Beatitudes remind us of our need. See, there's a danger of thinking, well, we're only blessed when life's good. That's one danger. There's also a danger of saying, well, we're only blessed when, when life is hard. And, and the kingdom, and in order to access God's kingdom, we have to have a certain attitude, like the ones in this passage. And for many of us, that's a real danger. We think, well, in order to be blessed, okay, right, in order to be blessed, I have to be poor in spirit. I have to be mournful and sad. Uh, I have to uh, be meek and so on, so on and so on. Listen, this is another, another quote uh, which should come on the screen um, from a guy called Stanley Hauerhas. It's long, but I think it's really helpful. He says this, Too often, these characteristics of blessing here in Christian history, have been turned into ideals and virtues that we must strive to attain. Poor in spirit, meek, mourn, meek, hunger and thirst, merciful, pure in, pure in heart. When we do that, we turn them into formulas that help us gain status and favor with God, which is, of course, precisely the opposite of what God's trying to say. So we kind of go, oh, these are the things we do. If I just work out the formula, if I just do these things, then God will accept me. And Stanley Hauerhaus is saying, no, that's the opposite of what God is saying. He's saying, no, 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 this kingdom is available to all. Now come all and experience my blessing and my favor. See, so often we do that in the Christian life, don't we? We turn things like this into a formula of how we can access God. But the joy news that Jesus came to give to us is not this kingdom is available once you change your behavior. It's, it's here, I'm here, and I'm welcoming you in. I'm welcoming you in to know me, says Jesus, to come and encounter me. I wonder if that's you again here this morning. Maybe you started out this morning thinking, do you know what, I've had a, a really bad week, but if I go to church, if I, if I come and sing my heart out, if I really sing and maybe shut my eyes really tight at the same time, I'll earn a, I'll earn a blessing. 
I'll earn favor from God. I'll have made up for that week where I've been, you know, lived a life that hasn't really honored God. But I'll have made it up. I'll have earned it. Listen, if that's you, I want to disappoint you. But I also want to encourage you at the same time. That you can't work for God's blessing. But he does want to invite you into it. Through his kindness and his grace and his goodness. By how? By coming to him. By coming to him. Okay, thirdly, the Beatitudes show us a better way. They show us a better way. So, so I've said that the Beatitudes aren't for us to practice in terms of, okay, if I just do these things, if I follow these things, then I get God's blessing. That's not the point of them. However, if we are God's people, if we are the people of God here, then actually these characteristics will work out. They'll work out in our community. We'll start to see them appear and arise. They will show us, uh, it will show what a transformed life looks like. People who have encountered Jesus, what that life will look like. So Jesus is saying, look, this is the kingdom that has come. And one day it will come in all its fullness. But right now, you get to live it out in your community. A a kind of encounter, a touch of this kingdom. A piece of this kingdom. What kingdom people live like and look like. What might that look like? Well, we've only got time, you'll be pleased to know, just to look into, dip into the first blessing this morning. And I'm sure you could go away and look at the others in your own time. But let's just look at this first one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Is he talking about the financially poor, the economically poor? You know, when Luke talks about this in his account of Jesus' life, he just says, blessed are the poor. But Matthew asks, blessed the, adds, blessed are the poor in spirit. What's that? Is it, is it the financially poor? Is it um, the, some kind of spiritual poverty? Which one is it? If you looked at the crowds who were following Jesus, it was both. It was both. They were both. They had both been pushed down and financially uh, poor in that uh, place they were, but they were also spiritually poor, also spiritually bankrupt. You know, the religious leaders would look at them and go, "No, no, they don't have anything to offer." And you know what? There can be a kind of spiritual arrogance that we can have that can kind of say, do you know what? God is lucky to have me. God's lucky to have me. Grace is a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing for everyone else. But I'm, I'm something else. <laughs> I've, got, I've got talents, don't you know? I've got gifts. I, I, I'm, hey, I, I can, and this is no disrespect to our worship team, they're wonderful and they lead in grace, but hey, I lead in the worship band. Or, hey... <laughs> I teach on a Sunday morning, or hey, I I share the gospel with my friends, or I can prophesy. All these things we might kind of say, I'm special, Uh, you know, I've got a bit of richness to me. But Jesus is saying, do you know what? It's it's the person who's realized that they've they've got nothing to offer God. When it comes to their need for rescue, they're the ones that are blessed. When they know that nothing, when they know that God plus nothing equals everything, as we heard this morning, they are blessed. 
And so as a community, we should be a place where when visitors and guests come in, they, go, they don't go, ah, oh, this looks like a community of people who oh, they've, know how, they know how to, they've sorted themselves out. They know how to make themselves acceptable before God. No, no, we want people to come in and go, look, here's a community that realize they, they don't know how to make themselves acceptable but before God in their own strength, but they know that by grace and in Christ, they've discovered it all. They've discovered everything because of him. So the Bible has no problem in holding this tension that we come, um, we come acknowledging that we're poor in spirit, yet we're rich in Christ. We have everything in him. The Bible has no problem with those, those two about us. See, as we become a people uh, empowered by the Spirit, as we become a people who um, God's Spirit is poured out on and we are full and overflowing, don't worry, we're full <laughs> and overflowing with His Spirit. As we become those people, then actually we become a people who reflect these blessings, these characteristics. We become a people who mourn for the sin in our community. We become a people who are meek and gentle, who hunger for thirst, hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, who are merciful, whose hearts are transformed, who are peacemakers, who stand in the midst of persecution and opposition. And Jubilee, I love that that's the community we are. I love it in all the different places that we, we work out uh, church life. I love it that that's the community he's making us. Listen, if you, are, if you kind of feel on the edge of community, like I would really invite you to find somewhere to um, be, whether it's a small group, whether it's an outreach project, whether it's really committing to coming on Sundays, whatever it might be. Find somewhere where you can work out this community life with others, this richness where we are filled with the Spirit together and we reflect things like these Beatitudes that we've read about this morning. Finally, they show us a greater person. See, they show us a greater person. See, that is what the Beatitudes are all about. Listen, it's wonderful to be a community together and to reflect them, but actually we're a community together to reflect them and to point to someone else. And so I'm going to show us a short video this morning, which you may have seen before, but I think really reflects the Beatitudes. And uh, it's by um, an artist, I think his name is Luke, and uh, he makes all sorts of stuff from all sorts of rubbish um, that really reflects his previous life, his life of drug addiction and gambling addiction and all sorts of um, issues that he faced. But um, watch this video, and then I will explain a little bit more. And that's what I think the Beatitudes are a little bit like. The things that the world would discard, that the world would say they're not valuable. The things that, you know, the things we've been through, the lives we might be living right now, the difficulties we might be facing, that actually even in the midst of those things, as we, we look through them, Jesus says, you're blessed. And uh, we're called to see, even in the midst of our lives, someone different. Jesus. Jesus. And when the light shines, we get that right perspective. And we see him. 
See, the Beatitudes, they, they're the one that ultimately we're pointed to. Jesus, the one who was rich, yet for our sake became poor, so that through his poverty we might become rich. So the one who wept and mourned over the sin of the people around him. The one who said, I'm, I'm meek, gentle, I'm, I'm humble in heart. And so on and so on as you go through the Beatitudes. The one, the one who came to bring us peace, the peacemaker, the one who came to bring us peace with God. And you know, even like the Beatitudes, that ultimate moment of, of what looks like seeming failure, that ultimate moment of what looks like defeat, the cross, is actually a place of blessing, is actually a place where we are, we, we, we are blessed. We find forgiveness. We find the love of God. We find the acceptance of God. We're invited in to be made right again with God through the cross. And I would say to anyone here this morning, if you've never, if you've never made that decision to follow Jesus, to come to the, come to the cross this morning, Come to that place where Jesus gave his life for you um, so that you might know forgiveness. Um, to pay for all those things that you have done um, for your um, dishonor of God and come and receive blessing this morning. If you've never done that, I really would encourage you to do that this morning. And for all of us, actually, we're all called to be people who announce this good news, this wonderful news to those around us. We've got, to say, we've got to say message where we can go out and say, blessed, blessed are you because Jesus has come. Do you want to know this Jesus? Do you want to encounter him this morning? Whatever your circumstances, whatever your situation, you're blessed. And we have this wonderful news to take with us into our schools and into our workplaces and into all that we do. We have amazing news, amazing news that that turns things the right way up. Our world has got things upside down. It says, blessed are those who are successful. Blessed are those who are wealthy. Blessed are those who are fit and well. The world has got it upside down. And we come with a message to say, this is the right way up. You're blessed by knowing Jesus. Come and know him. Let's pray and then we're going to worship in response. Let's come before Jesus this morning. He's been with us this morning, as he always is. By the Spirit, he wants to um, work in us and touch us and transform us and encourage us this morning. Maybe, you're, maybe you've been thinking, what have I got to give? I've got nothing to give. What have I got? Who am I? But this morning, listen, the king of kings, the king of this kingdom, Jesus, says, you're blessed. You're blessed. It might be that thing you're going through right now. It might be that difficulty. You might think, why, why is this? I'm not blessed. I'm, I'm going through a moment of unblessing or something else. That sickness that family situation, that sadness, Jesus says you're blessed. 
You're blessed because you know me. You're blessed because you've come to encounter the one who it's all about. And even, even in the midst of those things, like that illustration, like that sculpture, he wants you to see even through those things, you're blessed. You're blessed because you're in him. You're in Christ. And so, Lord, would you come and encourage us this morning? Would you come and help us to, um, to really know afresh in our hearts that we're blessed by you? Thank you that um, we can live out this blessing and live out these blessings and help us to do that as a people. Help us to do that wherever we might go, wherever we might be. Spirit of God, come and fill us afresh to overflowing, as we've seen this morning, to overflowing as we go out in your name. Amen. Amen.